What's up, man? <laughs> I don't want to say. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You jacked me up last episode because I didn't let you do your intro. So now I, I give you the opportunity to do your intro. It caught me off guard. It caught I, you off guard. Well, yeah, you don't, well, first off, we don't have beer right now. Yeah. I haven't eaten a lot today, so probably yeah. <laughs> having a beverage while we're doing this show. Probably. Oh, we'll get him one. Uh, yeah, it caught me off guard because first off, it was like a very energetic uh, intro. intro, and I'm like, I'm barely cruising along today i'm just like really tired and and then you come out of nowhere i haven't been introduced like you know i don't know five or six episodes <laughs> been more concerned about the beer um but hey how's yeah. it going yeah, it's going hi slow. mo <laughs> i'm here so you got a big event plan here shortly with the with the excess family yeah i can't wait just finished that it was, took me about 90 minutes is the longest heat schedule i've ever had to put together <laughs> and it involves no barbells what are, are there uh, weights? Yep. Ket- what uh, dumbbells? dumbbells? Yep. Okay. Yeah, we have dumbbells, kettlebells, sleds, um, sandbags mm-hmm. for our. We're doing a. A lot of people of our gym here are avid gun owners and shooters, and a long time ago, I wanted to do. I, I wanted to do something with. Um, we have two members here who, who own Old English Gun Shop here in Vandalia slash Tip City area. And they come to our gym and, and Evan's one of our trainers. And, uh, I wanted to, I started working one-on-one with the person they use for their, all their defensive training mm-hmm. for firearms. And I wanted to work my concealed stuff. And then after I worked with him for a bit, I wanted to do something, an event for our gym, but make it a CrossFit slash shooting event. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, we have 10 people doing it. We had around 15, but schedules conflicted. Um, so we have 10 people going through it and it's about, I think the first heat starts at 12.45, and I think we end at 6 p.m. that day, and we're shooting 600 rounds total. Um, We have stress and no-stress workouts involved, Mm -hmm. and uh, we'll definitely do some video, but I tell you, the uh, mixing a salt bike at, like, 20, 30 uh, (laughs) – sorry, 20, 25, and 30 cows, and then doing a a drill Uh after it uh, that requires mental – you have, to, you have a lot of mental capacity, mm-hmm. accuracy, um, and uh, motor control. While you're tired, yeah, yeah that's going to be it's interesting. Cra- you know, when we tested it, you know, make sure everything was safe, right? <laughs> Firearms and like h- highly elevated heart rate. Yeah. It was funny how um, we'd sh- we, uh, no stress, we'd shoot it clean mm-hmm. um, because there's two mag changes, and you have to move off the X on the mag change. You have a specific amount of bullets in each magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to put. Um, certain rounds in a, a, a whole um, in a target. circle yep. but the memory part is sometimes you have to come back to that circle oh. after you reload oh the order of fire and, yes okay. so it's one through six yeah and they're randomly put on the sheet and and you have to move off the x while you reload and you got to remember your round count that you have to put in there uh-huh. it was no problem like fresh <laughs> but, but after you did some some assault ma- bike yeah, yeah. A max effort bike um uh, the reloads were sloppy. Mm-hmm. Dean was not Magazines coming. everywhere, yeah. Uh, we weren't dropping, but they yeah. were just weren't. They weren't fast and uh, crisp, yeah. and Dean wasn't moving off the X. I lost my shot count, uh, and it didn't help. My very first uh, 
bolt I fire was a misfire. Mm-hmm. Oh, so so that, I eject a round, but I had to have it to complete you had to account for it. Yeah, because yeah. I, I needed twenty one rounds. That's all I have. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm pissed because <laughs> now I need that bullets on the ground, but I can't use it. And but no, it's cool. It's I'm excited. Get to hang out with the people for a while, and then uh, hell, yeah. shooting guns all day. What the hell? A little something outside the gym, just to you know have some more family. And time. it's a competition. We have yeah. tr- we have trophies. Uh, they don't know this yet, but we have a uh, Top Gun. Okay. And then we have the uh, War Shot. Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not winning that one. So yeah, but it's going to be a scored event. So speaking of trophies, didn't you win a trophy this weekend? Actually, you guys uh pretty much swept 40, the competition. Mike, Mike round baby. Pretty much swept the competition, right? Nah, I wouldn't. I don't like saying that. It was it was a good time. Mo had his event, and uh, we were able to support it. Usually, it runs the same day as as Aaron's uh, competition yeah, over at Endeavor, yeah. and we've done that every year since it's been in, exi- in existence. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this year it didn't happen. I was pretty pumped. Even though we had three straight weekends of competing, mm-hmm. uh, we were able to go do that. And, um, you know, it's an outdoor event, and I think that that's the only one around in the area, which is it's cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did a really good job. It ran smooth. It was really hot out, but it didn't really didn't factor in too much because they have a, a, most of it was under a very large tent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, that's something I took feedback from the very first time I did that. So it's been in a, under a tent ever since. Yeah, if there was no tent, that it'd have been it'd have been brutal. It would yeah. have been miserable to be out there all day. Um, but yeah, we sent a scaled uh, women's team, RX women's team of two, and then uh, I was on the men's RX team of two, and um, you know we did well. But I was really excited about our scaled women. Yeah, and uh, especially um, Jamie, she listens to the show a lot. Uh, when she first started CrossFit, she was the most yeah, insecure, and she just wasn't very confident in herself. Mm-hmm. And then um, and we talked about in these episodes, you can see that switch flip in your members, mm-hmm. and they start getting a swagger, and they yeah. start getting confident and things like, like that. And um, it was great to see them um, push the limits of their fitness. Mm-hmm. Because in here, you can you, know, you can sometimes you try to settle in. Mm-hmm. We're a lot heavier in here than what scaled uh, most athlete, of, yeah, most scale it is. Are, yeah. yeah, just like the deadlift was at, I think, 65 pounds, mm-hmm. but it was 50. Yeah. And they were going to, like, their game plan was to do 15, 15, and then try to break it up. Yeah. Uh, and I said, Jamie, you're doing 50 unbroken. She's yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and what she do? She did 50 unbroken, yeah. no problem. But it was cool to watch their, uh, when they won, uh, the excitement level that they had yeah. was really special to me. Yeah. And that was pretty cool for me to, uh, the guys at 3G Tactical, they went out of their way to help me throw this event every year. But uh, this year, we actually had trophies that were 40-millimeter shells that had our logo on it and told you what um, what division you were in. So that was really cool to hand out. Yeah, they're on our uh, got them on our shelf out there. And, and then, then got to shoot the big yeah. 50 cal Barrett, baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was pretty also, about Yeah, that. also when you win your division, you get to fire a 50 cal. So that's something not everybody gets to experience. No, I was more excited to watch the lady shoot it. It was Jenna's first gun ever. Yeah, that was the first weapon you ever fired, Jenna? So like, <laughs> she's flexing. Yeah, she's flexing. Yes. Um, but to see uh, to, for that to be her first gun, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. A lot of guys uh, want to shoot, shoot that, that in a lifetime. In a yeah. lifetime, and then she gets to shoot as her yeah. first gun. Yeah. For my wife, that Melissa, that was the first weapon she ever fired. To was a Barrett. Yeah. So that's that was pretty cool to be it part of that. Really, just makes you want to just go buy one. Go buy one <laughs> and shoot the shit out of it. <laughs> Start blowing up cars. So. Have a little surprise for you, Brody. You will be happy to know that we have added Michigan to our <laughs> our, our, our listenership. And, oh, uh, Michigan! Yeah. Trying to think who who it is. No, up there. actually, uh, one of the a guy I used to work with, Michael Keeley, up in Alaska. 
he actually uh, he's not a CrossFitter, but he listens to our show. Oh, him, uh, him and cool. Ryan Marshall, two guys I used to work with in the past. Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, Mike got tired of hearing his talk about how no one listens in Michigan, <laughs> so he told his friends down in Michigan because that's where he's from. And uh, that's where we got our first draw from. So thanks a lot, Mike. We really yeah. appreciate it. That's awesome. Michigan, you're finally off the... Uh, <laughs> you're off the hook. <laughs> you're off the list. Now, who's next? <laughs> Who we got to call uh, we next? We still got... Uh, we got China it? yet? No, we, no, nothing in China. Dang it. Uh, we got Japan. Yeah, we did get Japan. What's up, China? <laughs> Japan's got it up on you. We even, have, up, we even have South Korea. And yeah. then... Uh, what is it? I think it's... Rhode Island. Hey, maybe we'll get North Korea now that everything's going. <laughs> now everything's chill. Now right? that they're going to get internet finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got Nebraska and um, Mississippi, and I think uh, I think we'll be good after that. Only two more states, two or three. I have oh, to double sweet, check, man. But we're getting there. How many countries do we need to get world dominance? To world domination. I don't know. Some of them might not have a podcast capability, but we're getting there. All right, so. Let's. We basically need everybody in the world to listen to us. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, let's, just, let's get on it, listeners. Thanks. So uh, we really appreciate all the feedback we got for the. Call it's all action. about you. And yeah. Call to action, action cool. where we said we told you guys to send us a workout. Um, we're gonna draw those later on, and we'll figure out which workout we're gonna do. But we really, those. Oh, just one. Doing? Just one. I'm sorry. Yeah, you better watch what you say, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were pretty interesting, and there's actually one that I want to try, that even if we don't pick it, and I'll tell you about that one later. But uh, this week's episode, kind of piggybacking off of episode 28, where we talked about ownership versus a hobbyist, some of the things we talked about were a lot of culture related. Mm-hmm. And some of those things we've all, Brody and I have identified that culture is established by the ownership. Should be. It should be. But it's carried on uh, through the actual members. Should be. Should be. So today, what we want to talk about is. Member responsibilities, your roles in the community. Yeah, I mean, to even go back a second, I thought I woke up the <clears throat> the day after we released that episode about uh, being an owner or a hobbyist, mm-hmm. and wake up to a really long message from a one of the listeners, man. And I mean, it really hit home to him. I got a couple mm-hmm. other direct messages about um, how they they could really they see that in their gym, and it's frustrating because. Mm-hmm. When you're a community, and it kind of actually ties into this topic. When you're a community, you, you need a direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you need a leader, mm-hmm. and it should be Absolutely. the owner. And then when they're not stepping up or they're, they have other concerns as it could be they're more concerned about them and their progression, mm-hmm. and them and their workout. Or um, like someone said to me, there should be a third category where the owners just care about money. Mm-hmm. And um, you can't – the money is – a is part of a. It's business. a necessary evil. You have to yeah. have it, right? Yeah, like Obviously. you said, part of, part of why you open this is to is to make money. You yeah, you want to make. Yeah, yeah. But like anything, um, you can focus too much on the financial side, mm-hmm. and then you start forgetting that little stuff, and then that your community kind of gets mad, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because it's not all about the money. It should be about the community, and then that will help you grow money. Mm-hmm. And um, when you start forgetting the little things. The community starts taking notice, and, and I honestly, um, what I usually see is those communities, they don't disband. They stay together, and then they start their own gym. <laughs> that's yeah, that's and, exactly what happens. And after the bubble that we talked about right. in the last episode, you started to see at the tail end of that bubble as gyms started to close that certain gyms were starting because groups within those gyms were starting their own communities because right. they 
want they had certain expectations that weren't being met. Mm-hmm. So they instead of waiting for it to occur, they went and did it themselves. Or was met at one point in time, and then and the owners got away f- mm-hmm. from it, and they, you know, made made a post about this, uh, about this last episode about mm-hmm. how they switch ownerships of their gym, and their community had to really band stick to get, together, stick yeah. together because they wanted to keep what they loved about the last gym mm-hmm. owner. Because when you switch owners, it could literally shake up your entire gym. Yeah, because like, every owner has a different personality. Right. And uh, The name so, might be the same, but the individuals who le- who are now absolutely. the leaders are generally going to be completely different. Yeah, so ties into this episode pretty good. The first thing I want to cover from a member or athlete perspective, one of the things that I think you need to do when new people just walk into your gym is just do something really simple by saying hi <laughs> or greeting them. Right. I mentioned this in the last episode. Yep. There's been multiple times when I've walked into, when I've dropped into gyms because I travel a lot and everybody just stares at me, you know, and I'm like, Hey, is there a coach here? Can I talk to someone? And they're like, and they, and it seems like a struggle to try and get for lack of a better term attention. Yeah. Uh, that's just not something that I let happen at my gym. Again, I'm not an owner. I'm a coach and an athlete, not yet. but, <laughs> but I take, the responsibility that this is my gym, this is my second home, and I want people to feel welcome when they come in. And think if you just stare at people, that's kind of off-putting to me, at least it is. Yeah, like what are you looking at? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I CrossFit. Like, you know what I mean? Actually, it just happened in Florida. Was down there, worked out a couple of days, and um, owner, uh, no problem. One, uh, one of the two of the coaches, no problem. But they're competitive athletes. Like they they would walk right past us and not even they just kind of stare uh-huh. and like wouldn't say like, anything like sizing you up. I'm like I ain't like, bro. I just want to. I'm on vacation, bro. I'm trying to get. But anyway, trying to work off this cheesecake was, it, from last night. Yeah, it was just kind of weird yeah. because when you have uh, owner and trainers who are very outgoing, and then some of their competitors like, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. Like you know, but it was nothing like that. And you know, like you, we don't allow that to happen here. Mm-hmm. If, if I seen. If I if our competitors did what happened to us, mm-hmm. um, they would have <laughs> they there'd be a shit there'd be a shit storm. Yeah, that, you'd have a little discussion with them, a major discussion. But none of our people would ever do that because it's just not. They know. First off, they were in their shoes at one point in time, and they exactly, know yeah. they know how it feels to walk into a gym. It can be intimidating, mm-hmm. right? And then you know Jenna and and others do a great job of. It helps me if I'm coaching class. Like I'll go it, and acknowledge them. Yeah, but it helps me if they're really talking to them. They're not like wandering around like aimlessly mm-hmm. <laughs> looking around. So yeah. An example that did happen yesterday while I was working out, I was coaching the, like uh, the next class, but we were getting ready to start our workout and just some stranger walked in mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I just, I, I, I pointed to my coach. I was like, Hey, I, you know, gave her the timeout symbol. And I just walked over and took care of that new person while, because everybody else was occupied. We had a kid's class going, you know, the next class was kind of just getting set up, but I was like, no, okay, hold on. I'll just, I'll jump in in a couple of minutes, but I'm going to go take care of this person because I just don't think that's, it's a good first impression. Just greeting people, even, even people that have been in your community uh, for a while, just, you know, say hi, you know, just, it, it's polite. Um, but at the same time, some people are just quiet and you kind of learn those personalities. They're not necessarily super outgoing or kind of mildly introverted. But, you know, just a simple acknowledgement, you know, a head nod or whatever. Or yeah, it's not hard. It's, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, smile even. And 
I really noticed this phenomenon about uh, physical acknowledgement, not necessarily verbal. This one hospital I used to work at, they had a policy, and they called it their five ten rule. If there, if there, someone was ten foot away, you had to like you know either nod or wave or whatever. And if you were five feet away, you actually had to say something to them. And when I first started working, I was like, man, this is corny. But then once I started working there and I saw people doing it and people would acknowledge me and say hi to me, it really actually made me feel better about working at that hospital. Cause like, man, everybody's friendly. I mean, even though it was kind of policy, mm -hmm. it was still nice to have people acknowledge you just in the halls instead of just walking by, maybe looking at their cell phones or just trying to act like you're not there. So, yeah. And I'm going to actually piggyback onto that. So we have, um, we have one of our members, Oliver, he's in Columbus right now and he's working out at a gym over there and while he has an intern or over the summer he goes to the uh, university of dayton he's going into his senior year and so we talk back and forth and um here at our gym uh when when if you're done with the workout people are still working out you do not touch your equipment mm -hmm. you don't you don't put anything away you wait until the last person's done working out out of respect to them um and you cheer them on and, and push them and uh so he messaged me and he's like yeah um Everybody here is just kind of, it's just weird because, you know, they finish and then they start putting all their stuff away. And he said, then, uh, I was just sitting there on my weights one day and I was just, I wouldn't put my stuff away. And I was, I was just really cheering them on, encouraging them. And the, the people were still working out mm -hmm. while other people were still putting their stuff away. Well, he's like, after class, a couple of them came up to me and said how much they really appreciated me waiting to put my stuff away until they were finished. Mm -hmm. So fast forward uh, two weeks, he's called the Brody effect. I'm like, that's so dumb <laughs> because in all honesty, it's what we do here. But he took that over there and now every, and now doing every single person does that. And it's, I think it's great that he's taking something and planted a seed into mm -hmm. another community and maybe showed them like, hey, you know, everybody is important. Like, yeah, maybe you did go fast and you did do well. Mm -hmm show the respect to your athletes and your members and who you should be calling your friends mm -hmm. and wait to put your stuff away and, and push them and cheer them on. Because guess what? There was a point in time when you weren't You're, finishing first yep. and you don't want everybody just ignoring you. I mean, mm -hmm. some people don't need to be cheered to. Mm -hmm. like we talked about yeah, that. Yeah. We talked about back, that. Yeah. But, um, it's just a respect. And I thought that was really cool. Ollie put that, put that call, uh, that culture inside the culture. Yeah. And, and that's one of the other points I had on here was being mindful you know, don't start putting up your gear while other people are working out. I mean, there are some times when you're on a time crunch and I have certain athletes that do that. Like, Hey, I, I have to leave at six o'clock. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start putting my gear up and, and head out. And, you know, we work that up beforehand, but you know, don't go just walking off, putting your gear up. Cause just, you know, like you just said, Brody, everybody was at that point at some, at some time in their career. But yeah. I think it's, it's just, uh, it, it, a lot of gyms do it, to be honest with you, and it's it's very disrespectful to the remaining people, and uh, it's like you just don't give two craps about what they're doing, mm -hmm. and them and them really doing work right. And you know, it, I think if you have it talked out, you know, here if if they need to leave, I say leave your equipment. I'll put it up. Mm -hmm. Like just like get if you mm -hmm. really have to go, I'll take care of it. But I I really think it's actually it, you know what I'm I'm gonna start doing that then because I that's a good that's a good that's a good practice. Yeah, that's what I do. I'm <laughs> no, uh, well, anyways, um, but I think that if if you try, if your if your gym does this, and and maybe you may be guilty of it, you're listening. You, you may mean no disrespect mm -hmm. by putting your stuff away, but you've never thought about, it. never thought about it. Try it and watch what happens. Mm -hmm. It's going to bring your community even closer because now the respect is going to be shown 
out of a, uh, I don't know, by you not putting stuff away, it is me showing you respect that I do care about you and your workout, and it's mm-hmm. not about me and my workout. Uh, well, along with that mindfulness piece, uh, if you're at a smaller gym, or depending on how your gym's set up, sometimes space can be at a premium. So, you know, kind of use the space that you need, not the space that you want. Because if you got stuff laid out everywhere, you know, you got your shaker bottle over here, your belt over there, you got a barbell here and a kettlebell there, you know, it might cause someone else to not have nearly as much space and then it can become a safety issue. So just being mindful of that. Another thing from the weight list, from the weightlifting world or that side of the house, you know, if someone's getting setting up to do, you know, really heavy lift or trying to set a new PR, you know, be mindful of their line of sight. Don't just walk in front of them or, you know, off to the side chat and checking your Instagram and all that stuff. Uh, that's something I had to learn the hard way. And it, and it wasn't out of being disrespectful. I just didn't know. I didn't understand the culture. I was never in a weightlifting uh, uh, centric gym before. And when I did it, you know, someone came in, Hey dude, you know, just, if you could not walk in front of me while I'm trying, I was like, Oh, I am sorry. I did not know that. Uh, that just, I you know, know. I- I get why people do that, but it's also the same thing. Like golfers, like, oh my god, you're talking about backswing, bro. I play <laughs> golf. You can talk all you want, okay? And I can still hit it really far and straight most of the time. And like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't get it. We, um, <laughs> we had a couple people, and uh, actually just happened recently with one of our our guys, and they missed a lift and tried to blame me because someone was too close to them. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? I get as close as I can to them, like. <laughs> You ain't going to blame this on nothing. This is your fault. I'm going to tell you five things you did wrong. That's why you think because someone was too close Versus the to one external factor. Come on, man. Like, you can stand in front of me all day as long as you're not, like, face-to-face. Doing jumping jacks. Oh, that, I don't even care about that. If you're not face-to-face with me and where I'm worried about the bar, or like, me oh, okay. hitting yeah. you the with safety the bar, issue. Yeah. whatever. It's d- Blame it on your technique. Don't blame it on someone else. <laughs> but I get what Mo's saying. Yeah. Uh, the next piece be respectful. Uh, we touched on that a little bit already, but, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, but don't interrupt the class, you know, be quiet. What do you mean by that? So be quiet, uh, when it's time to be quiet, especially like, so let's take the whiteboard for instance, right? You know, let the coach speak. Don't, you know, have sidebar conversations because that is, that is indeed coaching at the whiteboard. 100%. You're helping people scale. You're, you're uh, getting people to think about options getting to think about their numbers and percentages, uh, maybe even thinking of some alternative movements if they're injured. Another uh, thing about interrupting classes, I even heard it on uh, on Stu's podcast, uh, WTF Gym Talk, where he was saying that a client had called him and was saying he went for a visit and he was checking out his gym and like some guy just like came and walked in the middle of the workout while the coach is trying to talk to people, just, you know, being disruptive, you know, over uh, making all kinds of loud noises while he's doing his strength workout, just being obnoxious, just obnoxious about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't fly. Like I think, uh, if, if, if you're talking while the other, while the coach is talking at the whiteboard, you most likely need the most help. In my opinion, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm being serious where I, where I've seen it happen. It doesn't happen here. Um, and it's not because, well, I mean, they know I'll get pissed and mm-hmm. our coaches don't appreciate it, but, because I hate I hate repeating myself. Well, not only that, but yeah. you lose train of thought or what mm-hmm. you're trying to get to. Um, but you know, it, the, when people do that, 
it's just another disrespect thing. It's, I mean, it's not even about them and it's not about me anymore. Now it's about every, the other athletes. It's about the other members. Mm-hmm. That's what I care about. Like, you want to talk smack to me, run your mouth to me, that's fine. When you start including my members or hurting them, mm-hmm. now you're we're on a whole nother level of like mm-hmm. what you don't do. And no more um, the damn watches. Is that oh, the watches? Apple watches? <laughs> So so far since you mentioned that, bro. I've been paying attention, and uh-huh. I haven't noticed anybody do mm-hmm. it yet. But probably because they listen to the podcast, they're <laughs> gonna lose a limb. I come in uh, uh, the next day, and uh, Jamie, she was notoriously like doing that, and I say, like, I ain't. T- I'm, I'm, I'm setting my heart rate or whatever. I'm like, you better be not checking your email, like whatever. But she knew, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can walk past someone and you can make eye contact. You know exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. That was that. She knew that I was calling her out, but I didn't say her name. But now I can say her name because she she said that I she knew I was calling her out. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty funny. That's that's funny. It was. Uh, <laughs> part of part of the respecting and talking about the culture and uh, all inclusive, not just yourself, not the coaches, but all the other members, is keeping the gym clean. Um, if you see trash, pick it up. Um, it's your second home. Take care of it. Put the the toilet paper's out. Put another roll on there. <laughs> yeah, I just seen it happen today. I'm, <laughs> I walk in, the light is on, and the toilet and there's paper. there's no toilet paper? I'm like, bro, we always have a toilet paper on there. If you don't, like, let us know. Like, <laughs> or at least take the little thing out so I know there's no toilet paper so we can go get some. Like, oh. Yeah, uh, walking into a gym... Uh, back in the day when we first started, it was all about being grindy or it was all about being grimy and real minimal and real rough. But that kind of has turned where aesthetics matter now. And if you have a prospective client that's never been to CrossFit gym and they're used to like the global gym setting and they walk in and there's like, you know, dust bunnies on the floor, you know, trash kind of strewn about, you know, just, you know, bathrooms are dirty it's going to send a message to them because they don't, they're, they're probably going to take their, their money somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm we're, we're clean as we, we can be here. Mm-hmm. Could we be cleaner? Probably, but that's, but, you, but I, I know you've been to some dirty gyms cause oh, I've been to yeah. some dirty gyms. But it doesn't, I, you know, how I, we, we started CrossFit earlier, but I really don't care. Like mm-hmm. it I doesn't care. bother me. Yeah. I care about the culture. I, I'm in the military. Come on. I've, I've, I've seen some really dirty bathrooms, <laughs> but I get it. Like, I think a big, a big pet peeve of mine is, um, if I do like, um, burpee or whatever, and I'm on someone's floor and like I do two and I'm completely black or there's tons or the, of, or there's tons of like dog hair. Yeah. Like I love, I love dogs, but like you, to have dog hair on the floor or on your mats where people are working out, mm-hmm. things like that, I would say control the stuff that's easy. Yeah. Trash, um, sweeping, mopping, mm-hmm. um, toilet paper. Make sure your bathrooms are clean. Like it's, it's pretty simple. If you just take 30 seconds, you can clean a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do the small things, that's, that's pretty big. It goes a long way. Then you can, you can tighten up the ship on all the other stuff. And cleaning up at yourself after the workout. You know, don't just like leave your, you know, walk, walk out, leave plates lying around. If you got change plates or whatever, like, you know, you put up your bar, but just leave everything else. Just, just put it up. You brought it out. You used it, you know, do right. Don't make someone else put it up for you. Yeah. This ain't no global gym. (laughs) Uh, Be polite, you know, please. And thank you. Those always go a long way. And accountability. 
uh, show up on time. You know, if you're not going to be on time, make sure the coach knows or, you know, but don't just like show up like 30 minutes into the workout and expect to just jump right in. You know, that's just, it, it, it throws the coach off. Just, be, you know, it goes back to that being polite thing with the rest of the class. Uh, know your numbers. <laughs> uh, for, I, I know you guys do it and we do it as well, but we do a lot of percentage-based strength work. And if you've been coming to the gym for two or three years, you know, and we use a commercial product that tracks all your data, you know, and you know what the workouts are the day before, you know, do a little bit of homework or when you show up, just kind of pop it, you know, look at your numbers and see what they are. I shouldn't have to, as a coach, you know, probe you to go get your numbers because you know we're doing some kind of percentage-based strength. Yeah, I think that's on the members, but I think it's also on the coaches too and the, and the owners. Like, how, I don't know. I get it. We get the drop-ins we get here. I would say, I don't know, 80% of them don't, don't know their numbers. Mm-hmm. None of them. They don't know their numbers. And, and we talk why. It's like, boy, well, we only max out like every, I don't know, five months. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, now I can understand what happens if you miss that max out. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> now, exactly. Now you're talking, it could be 10 months before you do. Now your stuff's a year old. Like, is that really your max? And that's what, that's what I run into is mm-hmm. like, well, I don't, I don't remember last time we maxed that out. I'm like, well, that sucks. You're going to find it today. <laughs> yeah. We're going to figure it out. Uh, listening when it's time to listen, like we said at the whiteboard, just, you know, hold your conversation for a few minutes, give everybody else the, uh, the chance to listen. Um, letting the coach know when you're injured. Yeah, that's pretty important. To me, that's a big one. You know, a lot of times our athletes in, in this type of environment, they were tough. You know, we're used to pushing through discomfort, but making them understand not to push through pain, that, that that's not... That's not something we, we want to do because we might just exacerbate the condition, just make things worse. Yeah, we always had a saying uh, when I was in jiu-jitsu because um, it's it, you can easily get hurt in that, especially if you get someone who's stubborn and doesn't want to submit or mm-hmm. tap out. And I'm not saying you give up easy subs or but or anything, but mm. you know, if your training partner gets hurt, who are you going to train with? Mm. And that was the yeah. thing is like so – if I could have, if I could push the ten, or if I could push a submission even harder, and they're just being stubborn, like I really don't care. Like, what if I push it too hard and then they get hurt? Mm-hmm. Now, who am I going to roll with? I can't roll with myself. Yeah, and that's kind of what it is in CrossFit. If you're if you're fighting or in a fight, it's totally different. Like, I'm going to break your arm. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no submitting. Like, I'm going to choke you out. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to break your arm. Nap tap or snap. <laughs> right, <laughs> and. Uh, um, especially when you see the videos after you, someone, uh, they tap out in the street fight and then they want to fight again. I'm like, I just beat you. <laughs> the next time you know what happens, they, they get knocked out. Like, yeah. um, or if you're in, if you're training in the gym, you know, one, one day of training is not worth sacrificing two weeks of training. So if you, as a result of an injury, right. So if something is feeling really weird and you got 10 minutes left in your workout, like just wrap it up. Like, mm-hmm. We've done the modification. Maybe you're already on a modification or modifications because of it. Hey, I just want to say, hey, look, let's just call it a day. Let's spend the rest of the time trying to get this thing to, you know, mm-hmm. loosened up because your one day is not worth two weeks of not working yeah. out. And a good example the other day, uh, one of my athletes, I just heard her say, ouch. And I said, stop. And she's like, no, I'm good. I was like, no, no, stop. Put the bar down. And I, and I physically made her walk over away from her little workout area. What's going on? 
oh, I'm just a little uncomfortable, you know, blah, blah. Okay, well, cool. Go get some water. Um, wait a minute, and then you can get back in. No, I can go. No, 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 no. You said ouch. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's enough for you to stop. Yeah, or you like, um, so what's going on? Uh, my shoulder. I'd say, is it hurt? Yeah, it hurts. All right, well, you're done doing that movement. No, 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 it's okay. No, it isn't. You just said it hurts. <laughs> Too late. It's over. Like, we're no longer going overhead. So that's what's happening. And then they always try to go back. No, I was just saying that it was uncomfortable. No, nope, sorry. Mm-hmm. I can't. There's no way I'm going to let you continue something after you say it hurt. Like, mm-hmm. then I'm I'm a dick. <laughs> a bigger dick. And then... <laughs> And also being mindful of wherever you're listening to this at and whatever climate you're working out at. You know, if it's hot, stay hydrated. You, you know, if you're one of those people that works out in the afternoon, making sure you get hydrated once it gets hot and humid wherever you're at or, you know, making sure you drink plenty of water before you go to bed because heat right. stress injuries, you know, those suck. Hey, don't start your hydration at, at 5.30 like p.m. when you're working out. For a 6 out. o'clock class. <laughs> You got to start that the day before. It just got to get that water going the full day before and then the whole next day. Yeah, it's uh, it helps your trainers when um, you stay hydrated so you don't collapse and we think you're like dead. Yeah, yeah, no bueno. So as an owner, do you have any other things that you expect out of your members? Because like we said, as the owner, you should be the one establishing the culture. What other things do you expect out of your athletes? to help uh, maintain that culture. Yeah, so uh, when when members join our gym, day one, we sit down with them. We go through a, a checklist of stuff like what to expect after starting CrossFit, how your body's going to feel, how would a log workouts, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But the big things that we cover is expectations of members, their accountability um, and standard of movement. Accountability is, we say, you know, if you're in the corner, which a lot of new members go to the corners mm-hmm. and you're working out and these sta- um you have to do a hundred reps of something and you get to 85 and you want to stop. You don't count those reps. That's accountability. No one's watching you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do, but no one's watching you or counting your reps, but have enough, um, accountability to do what was prescribed, which is 100 reps, no matter how much it sucks. Mm-hmm. Standard movement. If we're doing wall balls and we say the standard and you're able, able to achieve the standard and the balls to fully go above the line, if it doesn't fully go above the line, don't count it. It goes right back into accountability. Okay. Uh, the next thing we talk about is bad attitudes. Leave your bad attitude and, and drama at the door, your baggage at the door when you walk in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found that... Because it's supposed to be the best hour of your day. Right. And we found that if if you talk about stuff, it doesn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. If you talk about the drama that's not welcome, it doesn't happen because now people know it's not welcome. Mm-hmm. And we say, leave your baggage and drama at the door. And that's myself, including all of our trainers. Mm-hmm. We all have bad days. It could be work, relationship, whatever, job. Just we have horrible days. And if we allowed everybody to bring that in here, it's going to bring down our atmosphere. Then if our atmosphere is down, we talked about, that's what that should be. That's our number one thing. Mm-hmm. If our atmosphere is down, no one wants to be here and work out and that ruins everything. And like a um, saying, just the other day, we had it happen with one of our, our women She's just down and just got a lot going on. You mm-hmm. can see it. It's all over her Life face. Life is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I get it. It sucks. But make this hour about you. This is about you. That stuff will be there when you're done. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I, 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 deal, <laughs> I deal with it every day. Like, yeah. I know my drama is at the door waiting on me. As soon as I leave this gym at yeah. 8, 30, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, whatever, 
and I get 30 minutes to think about it on my way home. Yeah. And then, um, so I get to deal with my own stuff. So you got to leave it at the, at the door. And then last but not least clicks, we do not allow clicks in here. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things like, uh, it used to be like a taboo to talk about a click in a gym. Well, guess what? They happen and mm-hmm. they, they still happen. And they're still all over. Mm-hmm. We don't allow it here. We tell people if they start to separate themselves from the majority, we'll talk to them. They do it again. They're kicked out. We will never, ever, ever have a gym that's up and running that has a, if we have bad attitudes and clicks, we have told all of our members countless times, we will shut the gym down. I don't care if we have the most prosperous gym, mm-hmm. if it turns to that and it ruins the atmosphere and we're a clicky gym with bad attitudes, I'll walk away and everybody else can stay. Mm-hmm. I won't. You know me, like. But but I think in doing so and putting that out there, it puts the responsibility on the them. community, yeah. to make sure to that uphold these, to uphold those things mm-hmm. that you those standards you've set forward. Yeah, and I think that's what's great is we'll circle all the way back to the beginning of this this podcast is ownership sets the standards and the vibe of the gym. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then what I have always said in emails sent out that I sent out at three a.m. <laughs> is that uh, I also say how much and I uh, we appreciate and thank them for it may have been our idea of the direction mm-hmm. but they are the heartbeat of our gym okay that's just the reality of it they keep the things going they keep things in order and they will we have a we have a self filtration system in our members they know they don't want anybody to come into our gym and join if they have a bad attitude mm-hmm. or clicky or dr- dramatic like they're going to be filtered out if I miss it, which I rarely miss things like that. Mm-hmm. If I miss it, they'll, our members will fill it's them self-correcting. right out. self-correcting. Yeah. They're either going to get on board and go in the same direction as we are as a gym, or they're out. Like, it's they don't they won't feel welcome. I mean, it's, and that's how I want it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's I'll take slow growth and have a... A solid community. A solid community with a, a huge nucleus of people that truly believe in what our gym represents Mm -hmm. that are members for life. Like you always say they, and they still are. And, um, over 150 members where, you know, 25% of them just don't care. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's just how it is. And that's the beauty about being, uh, an independent business owner, especially in this, you know, within CrossFit is that you can do whatever you want, you know, to maintain the integrity of what it is you're trying to establish. And I think, you know, as we've said before, that's something that, uh, Greg Glossman prides himself on mm-hmm. with all of this. And I think as an owner, and I'll speak this to other owners, I, you know, I don't get, I really don't care. Um, if you're letting this stuff go in your gym, you know, we talked about it, you are the guilty. You mm-hmm. are guilty. If you allow this, the dramatic click where you allow your members to talk at the whiteboard and show disrespect to your trainers, because I tell you, that's not something else that just irritates the heck out of me. Our last gym, before we came here and opened this, we'd be training we're not the owners, but they would let the members disrespect us at the whiteboard and talk over us. Just the most, the most ludicrous, absolute nasty stuff you can do and mm-hmm. most disrespect. And they don't care if you're an owner and you don't care and you let people do that to your trainers and you don't stick up for your trainers who bust their butt for you on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And you don't show them that respect that you got their back at all costs, unless they're completely wrong that you're at fault now. And I think that's, that's unfortunately, I, you still see it and I still hear about it. You hear stuff and mm-hmm. it, you can't allow that. And if you're a member and your owner allows that stuff, 
bro, like we've talked about, there's other gyms out there. And I'm yep. not saying yeah. that I'm not here and say everybody needs to leave their stuff, but know this, yeah. you don't have to accept that anymore. Yeah. And you know what is acceptable. And I think that's why our podcast has done so well is that we've given members a voice mm-hmm. that usually either A, they think they're crazy, which some have said to us. Yeah. I think we're, I, which is, I, which is right. cool because yeah. I, I'm all, I'm all, I'm willing to listen to anybody. Right. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And, and they, they felt they're crazy because they had these things they were thinking about that we talk about. They're uh-huh. like, holy crap. There's, it's like, there's other people in this world. <laughs> like what? Yeah. They have the same problems. And guess what? It's not acceptable and yeah. it's not right. And, and you do have options. If you're in a major city, you have probably 50 options yep. and go, go out there, find your gym and you know what? That's on the owners. Yeah. And again, like we were talking about options when bro and I started, you know, there were like single digit options yeah. available, uh, to where I, I left town for four years, came back and that's, uh, I think we're up to like 30 gyms within a, an hour radius or so, you know, it's, you know, it's there's a lot more out there. So if and you're I, not taking care of, uh, your, your, your athletes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just seen a, um, stat, what was it last year? Uh, about 3,500 CrossFit gyms closed. Closed, yeah. Yep. It was that, I think, in the tag associated with that, there more gyms closed than opened? I Possible. Okay. CrossFit's disputing those numbers, that, that, okay. which they should. Yeah, they should. Yeah, I would too, you know. But th- the reality is that it, if you don't have that burning passion and desire to truly impact people's lives, mm-hmm. you're going to lose membership. The only way people survive when they do that is if they're in a thriving area and they've somehow discounted their prices. Mm-hmm. They do these new use or these the six, six-week six challenges, yeah. challenges to, to compensate for the money lost because they're losing members. Like, that's cool. You want to do that and that's your type of gym, go ahead. But as soon as that doesn't work anymore, mm-hmm. you're screwed because your nucleus is gone because you've neglected them. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's what we're seeing is either a people was getting burnt out. They realize that it's, and it, yeah. And that, and that's a reality as well. That's yeah. a total reality. And you have to be like pretty steadfast to, to accept the hard times, um, that come with owning a gym, you know, Matt, when we had him on here, you know, him saying it's a tough business and he's, He's pretty successful in the business world, mm-hmm. and that, that just shows you it's not easy. But, you know, I don't know. It, it sucks that that many gyms close, but I really – you don't want to close, then do your job. Yeah, take care of your people. Take care – yeah, you take care of your people. And they'll and take care they'll of They'll take care of your gym. Yep. I mean, it's just Absolutely. how it is. And I think that's what we can sum this whole episode up. Why don't we – Mo, we do this all the time. <laughs> we could have summed this 50 minutes up in, like, one sentence. Like, we got to start practicing. Nah, we're good. We're good. By episode 2000, though, we got this. <laughs> So again, it, don't just rely on the owners to develop your culture. They're going to establish the direction, but it's up to you as a member of that culture to sustain it and uphold it, protect what it is that you love in that second home. For this week's call to action, with it being the uh, summer season, why don't you go ahead and send us photos of the comps that you're competing in? Uh, rep your box, show us your shirts. You know, show us the venues. You know, just just uh, let us be part of what it is that you're celebrating. This Send weekend. those swelfies. The swelfies. <laughs> Send them. Use the, and use the jack filter like Brody uses. Can't it can't be mine. Like I have to look. <laughs> I have to save it because when I'm really out of shape, I can apply it and I look like I'm in okay shape. <laughs> and you need to sell that thing. You're gonna make millions. 
No one will buy it, though. Somebody will. All right. I'm Mo and I'm out. Later, guys. Thank you for listening to the One More Rip Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at One More Rip Podcast or on Twitter at Can I Get One More or shoot us an email at Can I Get One More at gmail.com. No, and I tell you another bad impression is when uh, Jenna walks up, she p- pops her lats out and puffs her chest, and she's twice as big as the dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Jenna, why are you walking like that? No, I'm kidding. She doesn't do that. I think she, I don't know. Maybe she does. Yeah. Running on fumes today. I don't know if it's the weather. Like It's been hot, man. It's, well, I pulled up, man. Today, it's just like, just totally sucked the life out of me. Mm-hmm. Just the way that, I mean, you could yeah, I, I got air off for you. Yeah, I know. I'm sweating like a, like a fat kid with a cake in front of him. Oh, dude, cake sounds like, <laughs> like I would eat. I want that damn steak. I was, because I listened to. Oh, d- why are you <laughs> that up, man? I just told you I was starving. Yeah, you, I you just talking about my two favorite things. Cake, cake and, and steak. steak. <laughs> and they rhyme. Did any, yeah, if anybody watched that video, uh, tell us what you thought about that, where that young lady ate that oh, that sounds so two good ounce right steak. Now. I'm just, I can see it in my head. It was just such a nice cut. I, I put it in the show notes, so make sure you take a look at that. But yeah, that was a tasty looking I just want to figure out how much that cost. <clears throat> DMX. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh! <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>